This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. Yeah, you. That's right, you. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday, at least most every Sunday, at least a lot of Sundays, you get an entire another bonus episode of this very podcast. You get me and Maureen all over again doing something that we call the Town Watch. That's if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level. That $10 a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club, which is a pretty great club. Patreon.com slash says who. Ah, books, man. I'm always, every week I come and I talk about books. It has it from my books. You read Truly Devious series. You read Nine Liars, Box in the Woods. Or have you read or picked up a copy of Your Guide to Not Getting Murdered in a Quaint English Village, which there is the only way, yeah, it's the only way not to get murdered. I've written a lot of books, Dan. These aren't even all of them, but these are the ones I generally talk about. Too many books. Nah, just enough. The Dan, right amount. I am having an absolute bonanza of a reading summer. Well, that's great. I went from being really foggy mm-hmm. post-COVID to just gobbling up books like Jaws. It feels great. Brain working again. Okay. You know why? Books let you leave this reality and mm-hmm. go to a, what, a better one or at least a different one. It's true. I recommend it. It's good for you. It's good for your friends. And if you mm-hmm. like a book, leave a review for it. It's true. That's tell important. Some, tell a bookstagrammer, say, hey, I love this book. That's how you keep us alive. Wow. And, and fight the machines. <laughs> I didn't know we were in the Matrix all of a sudden. We have fight the AI machine, fight the, the Amazon machine, tell everybody about books, spread it organically, and viva la resistance. There you go. Well, if you'd like to buy books, you can always go to kickbezosintheballs.org. That is our own little bookshop where you can get very quick click access to Maureen's books. And you can find a whole lot of other books. That is at kickbezosintheballs.org. Hey, if you're buying things on the internet, you can also go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com, our own merch store, where we have Says Who merchandise of all shapes and sizes. Uh, or if you would rather go to a store that has very little merchandise, you can go to shop.dansinker.com where I sell two patches. One is orange and says trying and one is brand new and is white and maroon and it says marginally employed. <laughs> and you can get that and put it on your backpack or your shirt and let everyone know that you too are marginally employed. That's at shop.dansinker.com. Dan, it's so hot. We've reached that point in the city in the summer, and it happens every summer. Mm-hmm. And every year, I'm like, I get more and more like, I, I can't do this again. <laughs> I can't do this. It's like being in an oven. And I have to take my dog for fairly extended walks, and I do them in the morning. I start them like between 9 and 10 in the morning. And I swear to God, Dan, by the time they're over, 10, 30, 11... I am just so disgust, so, you know, like from Clue, flames, flames on the side of my face. But this is just like sweat. 
sweat everywhere, just buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of it. I don't think people can be as moist as I am. It is not okay, Dan. I'm just, everything is sticking. I feel, and then I have, you had to stop in businesses just to cool off for 15 seconds and let some of that stuff just freeze dry on your skin to give you a shock of life again, like you're being hit with the paddles. And you kind of go in and it's just like running down my eyes. And I'm like, I know. Can I step in your store? Do you mind if I stand in? Stand in here for a minute. <laughs> and then I come home and I'm like, oh, I've lost all this salt. And then I have to put a liquid IV in some water, one of those packages of like rehydration salts. And then I have to sit in a chair for 15 minutes with the air conditioner blowing directly on my back just in order to be able to type again. That is what it feels like, Dan. I shower twice a day. I shower every evening just to get like whatever it is off of me. You're just looking at me. You're kind of waving back and forth like a like a beardy wizardy sage, Dan. And I don't know what you're thinking. I see a light behind your eyes, but I don't know what it means, Dan. I'm, I'm just thinking you could move. It's hot everywhere. Wow. It's hot That's everywhere, fun. Dan. It feels it feels worse. In the city, I will say that. Yeah. It feels just like a giant oven. And it smells like garbage. And you know who loves hot garbage smells? My dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's like, chef's kiss. Anyway, so hot. says to the podcast is his his disappointment is so genuine he just is a little beardy friend like Meh. you know like kermit does when he has makes that kind of scrunched up dis- that little disappointed face he does that his whole head kind of goes he All does right. that face Welcome to po- Says Who, the, the podcast that isn't a podcast it's a coping, coping strategy, strategy. I'm, I'm Dan Sinker and I'm Maureen Johnson hey look at that hot you're hot I'm so hot it's not hot here. Really? Yeah, we've had a weird summer. We barely, barely had any hot. We had no rain for like two entire months, and now it just sort of rains every day. In fact, now it's getting very, very cloudy, and I think it's about to rain again. And that rain is supposed to make it cool, even though Ooh. it's already like 80, oh, which isn't yeah. very warm. Oh, I'd love that. It just feels, because it's also just so humid. Yeah. It's like being in soup. Yeah, that's that that New York summer humidity is real gross. Oh, Dan, let me tell you something. We nail it all the time. I mean, just in the winter. Whew. And I know Chicago. I know. Let me tell you, a cold breeze hitting you. I used to go to Columbia, Dan. Columbia's up around 116th Street. It's kind of high in the city. It's like New York is built on all these kind of peaks. And there's a big river there, the Hudson. And basically, if you hit a certain area where like that, that breeze comes in off the river and you're high up, let me tell you in the winter, that can be cold. Um, When those winds comes whistling along one of the streets, oof, between the, between the rivers. Yeah. And in the summer, Dan, the, the just, we just really, 
the glass and the concrete. This really traps that heat in. We got all the, we're between it. We're an island down here. Oh, just, you know, your your new job as a spokesperson for the New York Tourism Bureau is really paying off. Mm, we have a rat czar now. <laughs> you sure do. We have someone called the rat czar. Um, love it here, Dan. Wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> well, in addition to New York being just perfect, mm. I think it's worth uh, sending some thoughts and shout outs out to people in Vermont that are listening that are currently uh, underneath a whole lot of water. Yeah, and Montpellier that, is, is, as we speak, just gen, like it's just. It's the, wild. I, I, is the Winsuki, is it the Winsuki River that's in? I don't know. I've never been to Vermont. That is where Truly Devious is set. I know. The I've first heard. three books are set in Burlington, and I think that river's called the Winsuki. I should look it up, but it's, I think that's what it's called. Something it's something that sounds like this. So if you're in Vermont and I'm saying it wrong, I'm really sorry. Um, but it's currently um, the capital of Vermont is inaccessible because it's underwater. Yeah. So you got you've got listeners in Vermont. We're thinking about you and listeners all across the whole Southwest that are baking in 110 degree heat. Mm-hmm. In a thinking heat about dome. You too. Um, Living through climate change is a real motherfucker, Maureen. Dan. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, yeah. just how, and for some reason I feel like AI was like the thing that I was like, all right, enough. Like I've just had it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to do anything anymore sometimes because there's just too many existential threats to make things. It's like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> and that is, a very common mindset. I noticed uh-huh. this week the New Yorker got a little email that was like the therapy issue. And one of them was like, how to anything, how to live, how to concentrate on anything during climate change. It's like, cool. Yeah. Yep. It's true. It's not great. No. It's not great. When we when we think about moving and we talk about it constantly, it's yeah. our it's our great hypothetical. I don't want to live here, not, not live here, Dan. This, this city, okay, here's the thing, Dan. I have seasonal affective disorder. I have a real hard time in the darker months. And mm-hmm. living in New York sort of cures that. Okay. It really does. Like, it, it's so kind of shiny and bright and alive all during those months that I ju- it just kind of makes it okay. Uh-huh. I, it, it's always got a pulse, Dan. It's always got... It's always lit up. Uh-huh. Don't you smile at me like that. It's just I'm during just, this. I'm just, these I are. I like it. I like These it are excuses that people make. It's not an excuse, Dan. It's real. All right. I believe it. You, if I lived up somewhere else, I'd have to, my entire house would be covered in uh, those seasonal effect of lights and those glasses I wear that you say scare you. <laughs> the ones that have the light right. shooting dry, directly into my eyes. Well, they've worked, and they've convinced you that it's New York City and not the lights that shoot light in your eyes. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. It's all right. It's okay. Dan, I live high enough in the city physically in a building yeah. that I should be above water height. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I live pretty high up. Yeah. You know, I can. I, I look at yeah, but rivers. Yeah, there's the going down 
mm. from there. I could get a boat. Yeah, true. I could get a slide, like a water slide out the window. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. You're what set. If I, what if I went out by water slide, just out the window? That would be something. At, like a tube. I hate those, but I it would be the exciting. tube ones? I don't like being enclosed with water, Dan. And I've got... I, when I first met Oscar, one of the things I did was take him and my friend Keely to a water park because I was like, uh-huh. he's English. He'll like that. Dan, I am uh, wh- terrified of water parks. And I didn't okay. tell them that until I got there. Okay. And um, he still remembers the screaming. What what part terrifies you? The water part. Okay. So the first thing we did was go down one of those tube slides and you're always on a raft or something, you know, yeah. like they put you on a thing. Yeah. And so we were on a raft going down this tube that's like, whoosh, 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 and then you know, shoot you out into a pool. Yeah. Dan, I, I don't like being enclosed with water. Okay. I mean, it's not like it's full. You're just on a, like a little tr- stream through it. Dan, it scares the shit out of me. I'm in a pipe. Okay. I'm, I'm in a pipe with water. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. What am I, like Ratatouille or something? I don't know. In my mind, the plot of Ratatouille, the rat is in a pipe or something. I don't think, I think that rat is a chef. Anyway, Dan, I'm just shooting, shooting through this pipe into an unknown body of water in the dark. Okay. Screaming. So then the next one we did, big open slide. Yeah. Eight person raft. Yeah, those are fun. One of those big circle ones. Yeah. I got on the raft end, and the first way the raft tilted, and I went down backwards. Oh, yeah, sure. Didn't like that, Dan. Okay. Scream! And so I said, all right, I will go on it again if because everybody wanted to. I was like, this time, I'm uh, smart. I'll take the seat up top. Oh, yeah, and then it flipped around again. No, I got oh. the view over the horizon, Dan. I saw how high up we were. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I saw everything that was about to come. Okay. You know what I do like? What? Lazy River. Well, sure. I'll fuck up a Lazy River. You know that, Dan. There's a water park that we uh, frequent quite a bit when we are out uh, Colorado way, uh, just outside of Denver, called Water World. And like the has, movie? Like the movie, but it, I think it came first. I think it is originates from the 70s or 80s or whatever. Um, and it has... Uh, the best kind of quasi, well, it has like a normal lazy river. That's a lot of fun, but it has this one ride that is sort of like a lazy river with little kind of quick, rapidy drops down to the next little kind of slow going Mm. area. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it is a lot of fun, but part of what is funny about it is before you get to these little quick drops, there's sort of an open a more open pooly area. And because of the way the kind of water ends up flowing, those pooly areas become a very slow moving swirl. And so instead of going down into this little pooly area and then going to the next little drop down, you end up just going in circles forever. I've been stuck in those little swirls for 10, 15 minutes at a time. And you're eventually you kind of are like, well, this stopped being fun a long time ago. Now I would like to maybe get to the bottom of this thing at some point. And uh, so then you start grabbing the side and trying to pull yourself where like other people will come and get stuck in the same 
like never ending swirl. And so you'll be kind of working with each other to kind of push at least one of you to freedom. And you know what? It makes it all the better. Dan, if I were like a deranged billionaire. Yeah. And I don't want to be one. But okay. I, what my fantasy is I would build a lazy river around my house. Oh, yeah. That would be great. I would. I, and then there'd be a little offshoot if you wanted to towards the pool, maybe. Uh-huh. I don't even know if I need that. I could swim around the lazy river. That'd be fun. You know what would be fun is if you were a deranged billionaire and you built a lazy river, but you did it with both like indoor and outdoor. So oh. you could swirl outside and then go through and you could use it as a way of getting around the house too. Oh my God. Do you remember that television program in the early to mid eighties, silver spoons? Yes. One of the many, many, many shows from the eighties about orphans that go and live with rich people. Mm -hmm. That was a big theme. It was a real big theme. Um, it was, it did, Nobody loved anything more than 1980s coked up TV executives loved orphans. That was thing one. And then putting them in odd couple situations, absolutely thing two. But uh, Silver Spoons was about an orphan. I believe he was an orphan or his mom died and he goes to live with the dad he never knew or whatever it is. Uh, And that dad was an eccentric man-child millionaire. And the main thing I remember about Silver Spoons is that in the opening credits, uh, they ride a little mini train through the house. Oh, that always, sounds vaguely familiar. In my familiar. head, I've always thought, well, man, that's when you know you've made it, is when you have a mini train that runs through your house. But you could do it with a lazy river. You know what I would do? Seriously, if I could just have, if I, I just have like part of the house that just had a plain, really, really smooth concrete floor. Uh-huh. Like in the base, like basically a basement with just, Nothing in it, super yeah. smooth floor that I could, we could go down the roller skate, play yeah. a little paddle, a ball against the wall, you know, if you wanted. Uh-huh. Just like an empty space to be in. I like that's, that. That's my your dream. Your dream is to just uh, have, have a basement. An, an unfinished basement. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Man, dare to dream. <laughs> someday, <laughs> someday, Maureen, all that could be yours. I believe in you. If you really, if you make, if you make it, it can, you can have it. My dream is basically to have a pit in the ground. My dream is to have an empty pit. What I'd really like is an empty room, maybe with no windows, under the ground, (laughs) with a cement floor. Yes. Achievable. That is a fully <laughs> achievable dream. It would be so nice. I believe it. Really? I think that you shouldn't move. You're living your dream right now. You know now. what I mean by super smooth, con- like like absolutely yes. satiny smooth yeah. concrete. Yeah, like like cu- concrete. Like a like a like, like a, a concrete floor. Like a concrete floor. Yeah, I think you can do it. I think you can do it, Maureen. At our house. Dan what am I doing You're not moving Should I buy that barn Yes it's still for sale It's still for sale That barn probably already has roller skatable floors No If it doesn't you could get them What is smooth concrete 
Yeah. Be easy. What's Maureen do? She's in there roller skating around in circles on her smooth concrete floor. You know, you could very easily write off pouring concrete floors because you're a writer and, you know, part of your process, you need to be able to roller skate a bit. Dan. Done. I can't tell you the number of times I've thought about sneaking into our apartment basement trash room to try to roller skate at night, except I know yeah. it's full of, we're not supposed to go in there and it's full of garbage and, and rats. Yeah. But um, otherwise, it's a dream situation. <laughs> well, Maureen, our basement right now is undergoing a transformation. <laughs> it is an Dad, absolute... I'm still thinking about the basement. <laughs> your dream. I your can't... dream is to have an unfinished basement. Dad, Congratulations. It's, it's never been... It's ne- I never really put my vision together with your just analysis of my vision. And- <laughs> I mean, the beauty is it's a remarkably achievable dream. I'm also just realizing it's just what I'm talking about is literally just a basement we already have. In my parents' house, you know, my dad has his house air fryers. Yeah. Basement is, I'm describing that basement. Okay. Well, there you go. I just I wanna... think it's great. It, what if you were like, my dream is to be in a orbital house floating above the seas of Mars, right? Mm. Like you'd never be able to do that right. in your lifetime or probably right. in many lifetimes. This one you can do. Uh, my dream is to one, unfinished basement, two, lazy river. Okay. That one's a little more complicated, but even that's probably achievable at a certain level. I think it's probably possible. Yeah. Dig a big trench and just line it with tarps. What's Maureen doing? Fill it up. She's, she only likes being in kind of trenches or pits in the ground <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> just leave her be. Yeah. She's happy in there. She's part mole. You tell your story. Well, okay. Our <laughs> basement to where I do all of these recordings and where I do most of my work is currently in a pure uh, a pure state of upheaval because the teen is moving down here in anticipation of next week when we load up our trailer and drive away and he will not be home again until winter break because he is going to college. So is the little guy moving into his room? He will be moving into his room. Wow, it's going to have his first room. He's going to have his own bedroom, which is great. But uh yeah, it let me tell you something, Maureen. Uh your kid getting ready to leave the house to go to college is not easy emotionally. <laughs> I am a wreck. Like, in addition to the pure amount of work involved Mm. in all of it, like, and the stress and everything else, it is just, oh, boy, Mm. it is uh, something. It is something. Say say more words about it? Just I can't because I will begin to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not even joking. I will fucking lose it. Does he have a bathroom caddy? 
Uh, not yet because he his living situation is such that they do not have down the hall bathrooms. He is in a funny dorm sitch where he has like you know a normal dorm room mm-hmm. with a roommate, but there are four of them, and then there are two bathrooms for those four rooms. So he doesn't have a like shuffle on down the hall. Man, did. Did you do the shuffle down the hall? I didn't. I never lived in a dorm. I moved right into an apartment. Oh, sorry, fancy man. Well, that was the college that I went to at the time did not. I was actually telling this story last night. The college that I went to at the time, which was an art school in in Chicago, they were they did not have much in the in the in dorms. I think they had. They leased one floor of dorms from another university in downtown Chicago. So it was really just sort of like out of town students and things like that that would that would get a dorm. While I was there, um, they realized that there was really good money in investing in real estate in downtown Chicago. Mm. And so then they were like, well, what do we do? We've be- you're like we've bought a bunch of buildings and ma- kind of said they're classrooms. Uh, but what if we bought them and said they were dorms because then people would pay us money to live in there. Uh, and it just really became very clear very early on uh, that they had kind of transformed from purely an educational institution to a real, real estate, estate investment yeah. company. Yeah. Um, and uh, I worked for the school newspaper, and we got in a lot of trouble trying to break that story. Fancy. Yeah. I always lived in dorms. Not me, I, 17 years old, living in an apartment. Oh, my God. Yeah. 17, carrying a plastic little basket no. that I could still see. <laughs> Full of shit. With your flip flops. And God, you know, sometimes you get down there, and there's a line for that shower. Yeah. And you're like, oh boy, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> there's three people in front of me. This isn't happening. Just but yeah, going- his, sitch, his sitch, he does not have that, which is nice, actually, I think. But he also <sighs> won't be here, which is not nice. But, you know, he's going to be in a beautiful place. I mean, I'm really, I'm genuinely very excited for him. And also, you know that scene in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where they reach into the guy's chest and they pull out his heart and then it blows up into flames? That's Mm. it. Mm. That's what it feels like. It's not easy. So if any emotional song played right now, that would not be... I don't even need an emotion. Like I can literally, I am at a point emotionally in all of this Mm. where if I just have a couple of minutes Mm. where I am not occupied, I can burst into tears. Well, it's good that because you have 19 jobs. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'll, I'll just keep adding them. I'll just keep adding them to keep, keep all of this at bay. But, uh, yeah, it's rough. It's hard. So when it's you drop hard. when you drop them off and then you turn the car around and you pull yeah. away, I don't know how we're actually going to do that. Literally, you, no idea. You think you just might stay there in the parking lot? We could. We'll have a trailer. Just stay there. <laughs> yeah. Hi, it's still us. Yeah. The little you could homeschool. I mean, you homeschooled the little guy for two years. You know, you can do it again. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> so I don't great know at that. About that. 
but you went it's from rough. you it went is from truly rough. Truly, it is so surreal that you've gone from a situation where your kids never left the house for two years. Mm-hmm. That you did everything while sitting on top of each other at all yeah. times. Oh yeah. Remember being in quarantine, Dan. Remember not being able to go anywhere. Dan, I sure do. Yeah. It really wasn't that long ago, even if it does feel now like it was quite a long time ago. Dan, I just saw an ad for the new a new cruise ship that's going to debut next year. You've oh, probably perfect. seen little pictures of it. Don't know. It looks like something that an AI made up. Okay. It was like it typed in cruise ship end of civilization excess, and it <laughs> looks like AI generated because it's got seemingly 25 decks. Yeah. It's just like every deck you can see has a different like colorful theme. So it looks like it's a billion colors. The top is just loop-de-loops of of water slides and like it it's so huge. And uh, I was like, look at that cruise ship. Yeah. Remember the first cruise ship that where they're like, there's COVID. It just yeah. pulled up. <laughs> every ship always just contained norovirus and then, you know. Remember when the whole world was in quarantine? I sure do. Everywhere, all at once. Yeah. And like people were pissed about it. Yeah. Like, what on. What year are we now? What do you mean? What year is it? <laughs> oh, okay. It is the year 2023. What year did we all quarantine? 2020. March so, of 2020. So it was like 15 years ago? Yeah, it was 15, 20 years ago at this <sighs> point. Nothing makes sense anymore. No. Time does not move in a linear way. Ever since we kind of came out of it, honestly, I feel like time had, time doesn't move right anymore. Well, Dan, I have some really, really, really good news for you. What's that? You know how, because you're taking your son to college and you're going to mm-hmm. drop him off? Yeah. And then you're going to be emotionally crushed and there's going to be a, mm-hmm. like, and you know he's in a good place, but you're going to be totally emotionally a wreck. Yes. Desperately looking for distractions. Yeah. Guess yep. what we're going into, Dan? We're going into everything. Election slide. Like yeah. we, this summer, we're still coasting. <laughs> but it's all about to start happening, Dan. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Maureen Johnson, just this Friday. A little, this is a little, this is a little, um, little appetizer, I would say. Just this Friday panel of D.C. lawyers recommended that Rudy Giuliani be disbarred from practicing law in Washington, D.C. What are you talking about? After filing frivolous lawsuits around the 2020 election. That that will join his lineup uh, because he is already suspended from practicing law in New York. He will soon be a lawyer in in name only, Mm. not in the ability to practice anywhere. Do lawyers have to wear pants in order to practice law? Nope. He has okay. already proven that part All right. many times over. Yeah. Not and a lack of pants that got him disbarred. Also, you know, being a sexual predator and everything. There's that. Is, yeah, it's just... Um, Rudy is uh, one of the many... There are so many balls of flames f- just flying off the shit sun that is yes. the Trump presidency that we just forget these comets... These shit comets that just kind of burst off the main shit flame and just 
shoot into the sky and glow at night. It's true. And you look up and you go, son, you see that up there? That thing glowing, kind of brown color. That there's a shit comet. Look at him go across the sky. Magnificent. Beautiful. Is that a shooting star, Dad? In a way, in a way. In a way it is. That's Rudy Giuliani up there. Glowing. Farting through the night sky. That's all fart power, son. That's ass gas that sends him across the sky. God, you come out here at night, you see them shooting through the sky, and you think, wow. Look at all that shit. It's beautiful. Dan, when I was down in PA, I went down to take Dexy out because it's late. Summer evenings are beautiful. Sun goes down at nine. Chef's kiss. And I looked down the street and sitting low and fat at the end of the street was a big old strawberry moon. Okay. Apparently it's called a blood moon, but I called it a strawberry moon because it was beautiful and pink and it was low and it was huge like a cartoon. Okay. And then I just wanted to tell you about something beautiful I saw. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay. I just want to tell uh, you about it. I will tell you, I don't know if you all get these in on the East Coast, but um, it is firefly season here in the Midwest. Oh, of course we do. You do? Yeah. Okay. They don't have fireflies in England. Right. They don't have fireflies on in the West either. Yeah, we, of course, light, lightning bugs. Yeah. And we used to run around in the evening when I was a kid and we'd catch them and put them in a jar with holes in the lid and they would glow. Yeah, Exactly. And you'd make like a little lamp and at the end of the night you'd open the jar and they'd all fly away. Yep. Well, it's that time we were outside just to add to the uh, like, let's stab ourselves in the heart. Uh, last night we met up with the teen and the teen's best friend from like kindergarten through middle school who like they were as close as two people can be without being siblings, you know. Uh, and then as, you know, things happened, they grew, grew apart and all that. But um, we got together with them and their parent last night and we were outside and it was really wonderful. But also it was wonderful because fireflies were suddenly out. I was like, oh, look at that. Everything's a little magical, even though I feel like I'm dying inside. First time Oscar saw those, he was like, what the fuck are those? <laughs> They're lightning bugs. Yeah. Janice is still really amazed at them because they didn't have them in uh, Colorado either. You catch them, you cup them in your hands, and then you yeah. hold up your hand and they fly away. They're wonderful. I haven't seen any this year in New York. Yeah. I, th I feel like they've only just emerged here, like in the last week or two. I and know. last we, night was the first night that I was like out and they were out. I know we saw them in Pennsylvania because I took Dex out on the back deck while I was working the grill. She ate one. <laughs> Blue by <laughs> she ate it. And then she pooped glow. She just kind of was like, oh, I said, did you just eat a lightning bug taxi? And she's like, mm. <laughs> some flew by, I ate it. My dog is always very surprised when she tries to eat something like a bug and then gets it. And then, so there's always this like, Hunk, and then she gets this look on her face like, Mwah! and then <laughs> spits it out again. Did I want the, did I tell you I manned the grill on the 4th of July? You didn't. Then I was determined because my parents don't like my dad has a kind of a weird situation. And my mom ends up like they end up not really eating that well because they don't yeah. have regular meal times. And I was like, right. 
I became like the person in the family was like, God damn it. Everybody's going to have a nice meal and I'm going to grill food and we're going to eat outside and it's going to be a nice time. And I went to the store. I bought like, I've, I always like buy tons of groceries and make the tons of food when I'm down there. I spent like $200 on groceries then and like hauled okay. all these groceries home. I was like, everybody's going to eat proper meals when I'm here. Yeah. I'm like a mom. I'm like a grandma when I'm down there now. I'm like, you sit down. I made you soup. I made you sandwiches. I made chili. I made like stir fries. I made, I grilled a whole meal. Yeah. I was sweating my balls off down in front of that grill, but I made hamburgers and hot dogs. I made veggie burgers for myself. I made, uh, God, I made a shit ton of stuff. I filled that table with food. Um, wow. Made a hot, Dexy got a hot dog. Nice. And half, a, like there was a leftover cheeseburger. There you go. And we let her have it. Sure. Like I was just giving her little pieces of it. And I yeah, was why like, not? So she had her dinner that night was a hamburger and a hot dog. There you go. She loved it. And I was like, we're all going to sit outside at this nice table. We have a table outside. That's when she ate the firefly. And uh, it was great. But I became that person that was like, everybody sit down. It's time to eat. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to step up. It's became me, dad. I am now that person. Well, that's great. Well, Maury Johnson, Trump's indictment is lumbering <sighs> on. Both uh, lawyers for the federal prosecutors and now lawyers for Trump's defense have pushed against the idea of having a trial next month for the federal uh, indictment of his mishandling classified documents. Uh, the feds asked that it be pushed to about mid-December, the trial. Uh, Trump's lawyers yesterday, half an hour to go before the deadline, filed a document that basically said, what if instead we postponed it indefinitely? <laughs> they argued that it wouldn't be fair to a presidential candidate to be on trial during the campaign, which I'm sure means they would be entirely fine with a president being uh, prosecuted mm. for it if he were to win. Um Meanwhile, an expected hearing that would have likely resolved the trial date issue, which was supposed to happen on Friday, has now been pushed to Tuesday, otherwise known as the day before I hit the road. I can't help but think, considering that this mm. indictment went down when I was at Disney World, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that... Now, this little, you know, administrative thing that has large implications is likely going to go down the evening before we leave town. I can't help but think that this is all just very personal. Mm. It feels like a personal attack on me. Yeah. Not to is. mention the fact that the Georgia stuff will almost certainly drop the week that we are dropping our kid off uh, at college. Yes. Yes. So the day that you leave is the which we leave day? on the 19th of july okay. okay so one part of this begins and what exactly are they going to cover on the 19th again they're going to cover so security the, clearances yeah so the idea is that this is to figure out kind of how they're going to handle secure documents uh but the other expectation is now that both sides have put in their request for a trial date change that the trial date will get changed but From August the impossible to... To who knows when, you know, if... 
if the feds get their way, it would be December, though I also wouldn't be all that surprised if that got pushed still. You know, Trump's people, basically, they made kind of two arguments. One was, come on, this guy's a candidate. We can't have him having a trial right now. Uh, and the other one was basically like, there are so many documents. There's so much to work out about these documents because like they've already begun. The discovery phase has begun. The, the federal government has already released hundreds of thousands of pages of documents that are not classified because the classified stuff still hasn't been worked out. And basically, you know, one of Trump's lawyers arguments is there is so much stuff here and we are going to litigate as much of this as we can before this trial even begins. And so it's absurd to even begin to think about a start date because we are going to be going piece by piece by piece through these 100,000, 300,000 documents and making a federal case about each one of them. So, you know, they are hoping to do the kind of mother of all running out the clock with the expectation that if he wins the presidency, he can just pardon himself. Or tell the attorney general to, just, to just, drop just the case. kill it, yeah. So, Dan, let me just remember everything that's happening. The U New York case, state case, Yep, that's in March. Yeah. He yeah. can't do with, anything you know, about With that. administrative bits and pieces along the way. Right. So he can't do anything to pardon himself or stop that. That's just right. New York state. The Florida, the federal case is going to be tried in Florida. This is what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. With a possible date of... December or some other time next year. Yeah. Uh, Georgia is about to drop. Yep. And we have one more out somewhere out there. There's the there's the second federal investigation. January into 6th? January 6th election stuff. That one okay. feels the most amorphous still, mm -hmm. though it's the same dude. Uh, right, that Jack Smith is, is doing the... Yeah. Um, Jack Smith, whose name, for whatever reason in my head, is permanently Jack Clark. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Okay. But I every single time that's what it is. Uh he is they are still actively looking into that. In fact, um there was there was a news release from a less than reputable source last week that um that Rudy had been given some sort of blanket immunity for uh testimony in in the investigation there. I appreciated it because it was referred to as Rudy getting a queen for a day clause. <laughs> it made me chuckle just like that. Just imagined him in a big gown. Just going, what a nice day for me. What? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Maureen. It's going to be so much then. It's going to be so much, but this is the other thing that I will say. Mm. I started indictment.fyi to FYI in large part because it was funny in my brain because I had done impeachment.fyi, right? And it was like, oh, these words are so similar. Ha ha ha. Funny. You're, you're such I'll, a dummy. <laughs> I'll do that. What I hadn't totally thought about is the fact that the impeachments were these very bounded, very timed uh, events. First impeachment was like three, three or four months, right? Uh, the second one was three or four weeks, you know, 
these indictments could go forever. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't really thought about that mm-hmm. when I signed mm-hmm. up for this job mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, something like this could be postponed until 2025. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dan, when you think about it, so it is now July, 2023, which means that the next presidential election is one year and October, September, August uh, activity. We'll call, you know, it's one year and three months away. Yeah. One year and three months away till the next presidential election, Dan. Yeah. And it's looking like it's going to be Biden versus Trump again (laughs) with three or four active trials going on. We've already had one insurrection. Yeah. And we are just dumping ourselves into this. Now, Dan, all of this is going to be played out over a wildly shifting media landscape. Yeah. It is just absolute quicksand and shifting sands out there. It is. In fact, this past week, one of the more eventful moments in the decline of Twitter went down, which is Facebook and Instagram debuted their Twitter clone called Threads. Yeah. It debuted in the late afternoon last Wednesday. That would be a week from when you have heard this. There are now over 100 million users. It is the fastest adoption of any technology ever. Yeah. Uh, it's worth remembering as the, as those numbers climb, and I'm sure they will announce another, you know, 150 million, 200 million, who knows? Uh, Twitter generally is, is thought of as having around 250 million users. So they are rapidly approaching the actual number of kind of people that are, are actually on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so it's wild. I mean, Facebook is fucking terrible. It's the worst thing I don't like that company. I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. No. And yet. Yeah, if, and we are faced with this battle we didn't want or ask for. Yeah. Of Elon versus Mark. Yeah. And I, I feel so personally angry at Elon Musk for destroying Twitter, a thing that I loved a lot. Yeah. That I find myself rooting for Zuckerberg. It's is a bad place to be. It is a terrible place to be. You know, Threads is is absolutely awash in brands and influencers and lacks like the basic stuff that made Twitter, you know, nice. For some reason, like one of the killer features of it was that you could follow your Instagram like the people that you were following on Instagram, you can one click follow them all on threads right but you can't actually see the people you follow you just get this algorithmic feed of bullshit yeah uh you know and but at the same time hey and everybody i have joined threads at at maureen johnson books there you go uh i had to do i had to do it i didn't want to but i joined it i joined it because um because i'm an author and i have to and Twitter was is so much of what I do. And yeah. just trying to shift all these people around so I can figure out how to keep in touch with people. It's yeah. Like, it's so I now, confusing. I now have gotten to the point where I 
for anything that I need to actually kind of put out. I am now putting it in four places. Yeah. At the same time. And let me tell you, that's not sustainable. And Tumblr is back. Is it back? Tumblr is actually kind of back. Yeah. Okay. Tumblr is, is, is having a renaissance. And my Tumblr account had dust on it and I dusted it off. And I got a lot of people there. So. Oh, wow. Um, I was like, okay, I'm, I don't know what to do anymore, Dan. I'm confused yeah. all the time. It is. It is. But um, of all of the Twitter clones that have cropped up, I think that unfortunately Threads is the one that could actually do the job, largely because of the fact that they have endorsed kind of brands and B-level celebrities, because really when it boils down to it, that's what most people wanted. You know, most people want to know what, I don't know, some random celebrity thinks. Uh, the thing I don't like about it, there's probably going to be a bunch of things, is that it has no web client that you can... Right. Because I, I do everything from a, my laptop. Yeah. Because that's sort of how I manage everything. So there's really, like, I'm looking at it now, and all I really see is, like, my one thread. Is it called a thread? Yeah, it's called a thread. There's my thread. And I said, I did it. And then I just have to use my phone. Yeah. Which I hate. Yeah. So I would guess things like that will come in time because especially the fact that they are so actively courting brands and, you know, people that have social media teams and stuff like that, like doing it all from a phone is not going to be sustainable for the types of, of, you know, the, the, the scale of thing yeah. that they want to really have present there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I am confused all the time now. And yeah. here's the thing I think we need is that we're all confused all the time. Oh yeah. Right. Like every single person is like my, if you have any work where you have to do social media, it's just like, who even knows? Yeah. Actually, I wasn't going to join threads and I asked Oscar and he's like, yeah, cause he works in gaming and he's like, all of my friends that like follow gay and drag communities are all over there. And they said, there's a thriving gay and drag yeah. community. That's having a great time on threads. And I was like, well, he, I mean, he essentially described a drag brunch and I was like, I'm down with that. I guess I'll go. Yeah. That's how it feels. It feels like that. Well, in more Sazuvian absurdity of it, this has brought to the fore what had been a simmering uh, dispute between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Now it's full-on war between the two of them. In late June, when reports began to leak that, that Facebook was going to debut this thing, a user on Twitter named Frankenbeans, this is somebody with 115 followers whose profile pic is an AR-15 on an American flag, mm -hmm. tweeted, better be careful, Elon Musk. I heard he does jujitsu now. That would be Mark Zuckerberg. To which Elon Musk, mind you, the CEO of three companies bothers responding to a guy with an AR-15 uh, profile pic and 115 followers. Quote, I'm up for a cage match if he is, lol. To which Mark Zuckerberg posted a screenshot of that exchange 
on his Instagram story superimposed with the words, send me location. Maureen, these are among the richest people in the world. Mm. It's also worth a slight digression to explain that Mark Zuckerberg every few years decides that he is going to attempt to be a more relatable and human person mm-hmm. and adopts various personas in doing so. You might remember from a few years ago when it actually seemed like maybe he was doing a, a presidential run listening tour where he went to Iowa a bunch and all of that and was photographed riding a hover ski through the water holding an American flag on around July 4th at one point. Yeah. Anyway, his latest attempt to be more uh, relatable is to post a lot of photos of him learning to fight mixed martial arts style. And uh, it was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast, broing it up there. Dan, so, I, I, I know you never watched Friends. Yeah. But I believe this was a plot line as a joke in Friends. Yeah. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was um, the guy from Entourage, Jeremy Piven. Okay. Was dating, I think, Monica, and he was like a real, like he was a very rich tech bro, and he was like, I'm quitting everything in order to become a mixed martial arts champion. Well, there you go. And it was like a joke punchline of the series. Well, that is exactly what Mark Zuckerberg has been doing for for months now. Mm -hmm. He is apparently... I mean, I would assume he's bought very good trainers. He has won some, you know, awards. I don't think that they are exclusively, you know, sort of competing in the under 12 division or something. Yes, Maureen, you've raised your hand. Now, Dan, Hmm? bonus episode listeners will know that sometimes I make up plots of friends. Yeah. In something we call dark friends. Yeah. And sometimes I quiz Dan and say, is that a real plot of friends or a fake Are you about to reveal that you just made all that up? I'm going to ask you if you think that was a real plot of Friends or is it a Maureen-written plot of Dark Friends? That Jeremy Piven plays a tech bro that's dating Monica that gives it all up to enter mixed martial arts. Well, now that you've made a... a, 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 a that you've drawn attention to it, I now think perhaps it's fake. Is that your final answer? Yes. It's real. Okay. I just wanted to really hammer it home that it was real. All right. Well, Unless I imagined it. So back to actual reality. After Mark Zuckerberg posted the send me the location, Elon Musk responded that they could fight in the Vegas Octagon, (sighs) the arena home of the ultimate fighting championship. At that point, Dana White, who runs the UFC, got involved and apparently spent a number of hours negotiating with Zuckerberg and Musk. This was all before Threads actually launched, all before they basically ate Twitter's lunch in less than a week. Uh, I don't think I've heard anything since uh, other than Musk kind of tweeting out increasingly more flop sweat panic tweets, culminating in this weekend where he tweeted, quote, Zuck is a cuck, and then responded to that one saying, quote, I propose a literal dick measuring contest. In addition to that, Twitter has sued Facebook, claiming that they stole engineers and proprietary secrets, which is hilarious because Musk has laid off about 90% of Twitter's workforce at this point. And I think probably Facebook could just have hired any of them and didn't need to steal anyone at that point. 
I find this whole thing annoying because I fucking hate both of these people. I don't want either of them to win. But at this point, I kind of hate Elon Musk more. Give it a week. It was John Favreau, not Jeremy Piven. Okay. I just looked it up. All right. Because I thought for a minute that I'd fully imagined this. <laughs> I like the idea that you might just hallucinate Friends episodes every now and then. It's sort of like my brain could be an AI generator for Friends episodes. There you go. That's an, AI, that's an AI thing I'd love to see if they just you just had AI just pumping out fake Friends episodes. You could do that. That would be amazing. Well, let's go. Uh, hold on. This one, the episode was actually called The One with the Ultimate Fighting Champion. Okay. Monica struggles to support Pete, played by John Favreau, and his goal to become the ultimate fighting champion. All right. I just asked ChatGPT to write short synopses of three Friends episodes that do not exist. <gasps> I'm excited. Ross discovers a lost puppy on his way to Central Park. Determined to find its owner, he enlists the help of the gang. As they impart on a citywide search, their individual quirks come into play, leading to the hilarious mishaps and unexpected encounters. Meanwhile, Joey becomes deeply attached to the puppy, sparking a debate on who gets to keep it. In the end, they locate the owner, but not before a heartwarming twist leaves everyone in awe. Doesn't really sound like friends. It absolutely, that could absolutely be an episode. Okay. Give me another, hit me another one. Phoebe suggests creating a time capsule to commemorate their friendship and celebrate their most cherished memories. Each friend adds a personal item, triggering a series of flashbacks that showcase their journey together. As they reminisce, they also realize how much they've grown and changed. Along the way, they stumble upon long-forgotten secrets and embarrassing moments testing their bond. The episode culminates with a poignant realization about the true value of their friendship. Shit. These these could happen. Get me one more. And then the final one. Chandler spots a famous celebrity at the coffee shop, causing a frenzy among the group. Determined to play it cool, they attempt to act nonchalant and strike up a conversation. However, their nerves get the best of them, leading to awkward encounters and hilarious misunderstandings. Meanwhile, Monica, being the ultimate fan, takes things to the next level by organizing an elaborate surprise for the celebrity. In the end, they discover that the celebrity is just as starstruck by their friendship, creating a memorable and humorous encounter. Dan, that in this episode, the one with the ultimate fighting champion, because apparently, for no apparent reason, unplanned appearance, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams just show up. So the trivia for this episode is due to the unplanned appearance of Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. Their conversation in the coffee shop is completely improvised, including Joey's interruption. So that plot happens. I just had it right more. Oh, I'm excited. But each one should involve a murder. <gasps> Monica and Chandler decide to visit a, repu a reputedly haunted comedy club in the city where a murder has taken place years ago. As they attend a late night show, a scream reverberates through the club and they discover that the stand up comedian has been killed. The friends find themselves caught in a classic whodunit scenario and take it upon themselves to solve the mystery. Suspicions arise as they interact with the quirky staff and eccentric performers with Phoebe's eerie intuition, Joey's unexpected flair for deduction, and Rachel's eye for details. They navigate through twists and turns, unmasking the killer in a grand finale that leaves everyone in disbelief. That's actually much too good. And then Rachel lands a job as a, at a prestigious art gallery. And her excitement turns into shock when she discovers a dark secret within the art world. She stumbles upon a hidden room filled with stolen masterpieces. Determined to expose the truth, Rachel enlists the help of her friends. 
The group delves into a thrilling investigation that leads them through the glamorous yet treacherous world of art forgery and deceit. Along the way, they encounter suspicious collectors. I like how it's sort of forgotten the brief that it's about friends. I, I, I'm not I'm not against it, Dan. This Along the way, big. they encounter suspicious collectors, eccentric artists, and shady dealers. Their pursuit of justice takes them on a roller coaster ride, ultimately revealing the mastermind behind the art world conspiracy and ensuring that justice is served. Shit, baby AI is good. <laughs> I'm going to show you something. I'm going to put it in the notes, Dan, right now. All right. Are you ready? Get ready for this. Okay. Bow, 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 bow. I'm still waiting. You see it? Oh, you're putting it in that notes. Yeah. Oh, this is the uh, cruise ship. Wow. Icon of the seas. Yeah, look at that. Doesn't it look like an AI generated? Yeah, it does. Looks this... like if you were to ask the AI, make a cruise ship based on a birthday cake. That is wild. Isn't that incredible? It really yeah. does look like one of those weird, like rubbery, weird, yeah. morphy AI generated nightmare yeah. things. Totally. It has so many decks. That are and just, they are very colorful. It's really it's colorful. colorful. It lo- sort of looks like a cake. And yeah, you that, see, it does look like a cake. It looks like an inflatable cake. It looks like that little boat on the bottom couldn't possibly hold up the amount of no. shit on top. No. No, not at all. Well, speaking of things that can't possibly hold the shit on top, says who is made possible by you. This is what the end of civilization looks like. Through your support of our <laughs> Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon where a whole lot of Sundays you get this all over again if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level and that $10 a month level gets you a sticker in the mail as well. That's at patreon.com slash says who our theme music was performed by Ted Leo our logo was designed by Darth you can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter you can email it hey that is H-E-Y at says who podcast.com you can join us on Facebook at slash group slash says Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There is the fan run discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who discord. Wherever you go, whatever you do, spread the word, subscribe, leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen. You can join us next Wednesday, July 19th for a very next episode from my basement in Chicago. I am Dan Sinker. And you'll be pretty much packed up and ready to go. Oh, yeah. With all your son's stuff, you know, in the camper, you know, for his, have all of his things in there. Yep, it's true. All his blankets and pillows and all of his stuff. Thanks. He's going to be in there. Appreciate you trying to make me upset. I'm not. I'm not. You're a good friend. Dan, I'm actually just trying to <sighs> help you process. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, just say, I go ahead and say your name. Can't forget this feeling in your face as you were leaving. But I guess that's just the way this story. Go, 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 Dan, go. Look at you, Dan. Look at your beard. He's having a great summer. He's not crying. He's so happy because he's going to get his own bedroom. And he's going to have a real fun trip. Yeah, and then he's going to cut. You're just lying. Is it? Your, your mouth is a straight line. Yeah. Straight line. Why? Why is that? It's just, it's pursed. It's just a, it's just like just waiting for you to be done. That's all. Mini, remember Minivan Under the Sea?
I do. That's Those a song. Those people died. <laughs> are you saying that my songs are about bad things? To- Could be. Dan! Or maybe they cause people's deaths. Thanks a lot. I'm trying to make a happy summer song for you. Okay. It's fine. Dan's happy summer song. Dan's so happy. Look at him go. Dan, I'm tr- come on. Yeah. Summer. Come on. This no? has been Dan! Dan! Come on! That's... I don't know how to write a happy song. <laughs>